Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. When I say I'm fangirling, I'm totally fangirling with author with author Lydia Lane because she's written a cozy mystery series that I'm so excited about because I think they're so clever and unique and just just why we read because it's so entertaining. But hi, Lydia. How are you today? Hi, Oki. I am wonderful. How are you? Oh, that is so good to hear that it's already like positive and and exciting. Where are you at, Lydia? I am at home in Salt Lake City. <laughs> oh, I'm a Texas mm-hmm. girl. So, okay. Not that there's anything with Texas or Utah, but still, I don't know why I responded <laughs> that way. <laughs> well, you know what? I lived in Arizona for 13 years. I just moved to Salt Lake about a year and a half ago. So, I'm familiar with the heat. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But I'm sure your Texas heat is more <laughs> than I can handle. I have no doubt. <laughs> I remember walking outside yesterday. I was like, why is it so humid? Like I'm oh not, gosh. I'm used to it, but not used to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think you ever get used to humidity not, like No, that. not ever. But we're here to talk about you and your, your cozy mysteries. I love the fact that it's a beach cocktail cozy mystery series. That's already up the ante for me. Can you tell me about the series in general or... About you have three books so far, which is so exciting. I do. There is so there are three books out in the Beach Cocktail Cozy Mystery series. The last one just came out May fifth on Cinco de Mayo. Congratulations! That's Thank so cool. You. <laughs> Thank you. The first book is called My Tides and Murder. The series follows, or it opens at least, with a jilted bride who has gone on her honeymoon alone because her fiance left her at the altar. And while she is at this luxurious beach resort, well, first of all, she meets a woman named Sybil Vine, Uh who is honestly the crown jewel of the series. Uh He is my favorite character. She is everything I hope to be (laughs) one day. But at any rate, my main character, Tessa Tidwell, and her sidekick, Sybil Vine, then, of course, encounter a series of murders and crimes and liars, cheaters, stealers, the whole gamut at this resort. But your series follows Tessa and Sybil throughout, correct? It's not like a standalone one? or No, no, it is not a standalone. So Tessa and Sybil are at the resort each book. You can read them alone. You don't have to necessarily read them in order because they're pretty self-contained. But I think there's... If you can read them in order, why not? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Especially you're invested in the characters already and you want to keep reading it. That's why I love series because I'm so into the characters already and I would love to see them again and again. Yes. How was it writing Tessa and or Sybil? How was it writing those characters? It's so much fun. I I write and I I don't read anything that I've written until I'm done. And then I go... And then I go back. So I write through the first draft Mm -hmm. and then I go back. And the reason that I don't edit as I'm going and I don't read what I've written, like yesterday's writing is yesterday's writing and I don't look back at it, 
And the reason I do that is because I would simply never get anything done. And <laughs> I would just say, well, this is garbage. Everything you wrote yesterday is trash. You have to start over and redo it. So I made a choice at the very beginning that I wouldn't abuse myself in that way. That is so clever. You're, uh, yeah, you're right. It, just, <laughs> it works for me. So what I found when I, to answer your question about how was it to write them, I found that as I was going back after that first draft was written and I would let it sit for a month or two months, I'd go back and I'd read. And there were moments that just made me laugh out loud. Because oh. I'd forgotten about writing them. <laughs> and it was like I was experiencing it for the first time. And my hope is that readers also find some of the, the exchanges between Tessa and Sybil funny. But at the very least, I know that I made myself laugh. <laughs> and, and that is its own reward. I love hearing that. That's, that's perfectly said. <laughs> How important was it for Tessa and Sybil's relationship, friendship, and all that to shine through throughout the books. I love female friendship that's really strong, and, and especially when they go through these mysteries of the, <laughs> that they have to go through. How was, how was it for that? So I will say Sybil was the, the one character that I knew. I knew who she was going to be, how she was going to be. She was the most fully formed in my mind. And she is a woman in her 60s. She's been married four times, divorced three times, widowed once. She just has a very unique outlook on life. And she shares that with Tessa over the course of the books. And you kind of see Tessa grow in her own right and start to challenge some of, T of Sybil's stronger personality elements and stronger views as she goes. And that has been a lot of fun to write and I've gone through, since I started writing the books, a pretty significant amount of personal growth and change myself. While none of the books are autobiographical or true to life in any way, the things that I'm experiencing in my own life definitely inform what is interesting to me at the time that I'm writing. This is why I love talking to authors, just getting to know how it affects you as well as affect the readers. This is so cool. <laughs> Lydia, this is fascinating. How did the whole cozy mystery approaching all that, how did that come about? Have you always wanted to write cozy mysteries? No, I have not always wanted to write cozy mysteries. <laughs> I didn't know what a cozy mystery was until about two years ago. Oh, oh, wow. That's so cool. I know, I know. So <laughs> let me tell you how I approached this. Oh, I In love this. <laughs> In 2020, right before COVID, my former husband and I separated, you know, after six months of being isolated in an apartment by myself, because I moved out of our home, I moved into an apartment and I was gotcha. like, well, I'm going to go back home in six months. Like, so I'm just going to lease a six month place because we're uh -huh. going to get back together and I'm going to move back in and my life will continue as it has been. And uh, that is not what happened. <laughs> we did not get back together. My brother, so when my lease ended, it was still middle of COVID. And my brother lived a couple of hours away and I moved in with him. I was like, hey, listen, can I come stay with you? You know, we're both alone. It's getting kind of boring. So I moved in with my brother and I signed up for a life coaching program. I'd been kind of in the world of personal development for a period of time and decided, okay, now I'm going to go all in buy this coaching program and do it. 
And the first thing that we were supposed to do as part of that program was choose an extraordinary goal. And the goal was supposed to like grow us and change us. It was supposed to be something that was impossible almost to achieve. I was like, cool, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. <laughs> that, that's an extraordinary goal for me. So I totally get it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I sat with that for a little bit and I was like, all right, is that really, is that really what you want to do for the next year is focus gotcha. on losing 10 pounds? Right. Or is there something else that your soul is calling for you to do? And this was in October of 2020 and National Novel Writing Month was coming up. And I'd always said, one day I'll write a novel. I hadn't written a complete piece of fiction since second grade. (laughs) I decided though, I was like, okay, forget, screw it. I'm going to write a novel. That's what I'm going to do. My extraordinary goal is that I'm going to write a book. And that's what I did. I wrote a book in November of 2020 that it's never seen the light of day, nor shall <laughs> it. <laughs> but I think most authors might be able to relate to this. It was the story I needed to write first. Usually the story that doesn't ever need to be published, no one ever needs to read it. But until you get it out, you can't really do anything else. Right. It's not bursting at the seams pretty much. Yeah. 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 So that was the first book. And then after that, I was like, I wrote a a second book that was kind of like a romantic comedy, but Oki, I don't do romance. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't figure out how to make this thing romantic. (laughs) You want to kill off somebody, didn't you? You're like, I'm I'm leaning toward that instead. Yes. I was like, I don't like, I, I don't care. About this <laughs> romantic interest that I've made this whole story about. <laughs> that so is so the, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So the third book I wrote was My Ties and Murder. I was like, all right, listen, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to choose some type of genre and I'm uh-huh. going to write a book. And I had written or read Ellie Alexander's Sloan Krauss, one, one book in the Sloan Krauss series. I forget which one it was. Have you ever read any of hers? No. I I know who you're talking about, but yeah, no. They're they're really good. I read one of her books and I was like, well, this is fun and engaging Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do that. (laughs) So that's what I did. I wrote My Ties and Murder without being steeped in the cozy mystery genre, which people might be able to tell as they start reading. (laughs) You guys, I'm grinning ear to ear just listening to your story. I love this. And then here you are with a third book published. This is so amazing to hear. Was it always an approach once you did My Ties of Murder that you're going to do a series? Or did it feel did it feel that you just needed more of Tessa and more of Sybil? No, I, I knew it was always going to be a series. That is one of the things about... When I say I've grown a lot over the last few years, Uh that's one of the things that I've really had to practice is commitment. I tell people, I hear all the time, oh, I could never write a book. I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, yeah, you can. It's not that hard. All you have to do is keep showing up, keep showing up to the page every day, but also like don't abuse yourself. Like, you don't have to be so mean to yourself. No, what you wrote yesterday might not be perfect, but it's also not hot garbage. Like, you'll find, (laughs) I think, a lot of the time 
when you do go back and read something that it's better than you thought it was, right? We're so hard on ourselves. And that type of really hammering yourself all the time, I used to do it. I used to be, we all are, our worst critics, Mm -hmm. harder on ourselves than we would ever be on someone that we care about. And all that does is it stops you in your tracks. What I had to do in the course of writing these books was, first of all, decide that I was going to write one and finish it. And also, like, be my own biggest cheerleader. No one else is seeing what's on that page in those early days. So they can't tell you if it's good or bad. You have to motivate yourself and cheer yourself on through the process. And that's what's gotten me through three books. And more, because... Because we expect more than just a three, <laughs> Lydia. No, I'm there are more. There are more. So I am going to start writing the fourth one here at some point in May. I'll start. This is so. This is so neat. You know, I came here wanting to talk about your books, of course, but I feel like I'm getting a lot more than that, and it's it's really nice to hear what others go through, just the writing process, but just your attitude toward it is is so wonderful. I do talk to a lot of authors where there are a lot of struggles and things like that, but just to hear the the positivity out of it, it's it's great. Do you know how many books you want to do with this Beach Cocktail Cozy Mysteries? Do you have an idea yet? I do. I I think I'm going to wrap it at five. However, <laughs> however, I do have a very fun spin-off idea. Are you going to the- tell us? <laughs> I don't think I can yet. Ah, okay. <laughs> I don't think I can yet. I am because it will it will reveal too much about how I'm planning to wrap this oh. the five books in the series. But gotcha. I will say it's going to be a little bit different and a lot of fun. And if you like Sybil, if you go read the books and you like Sybil, you will enjoy the spin-off series. You will be along for the ride. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Let's shift to your second book, Dying for Daiquiris. Can you tell me a little bit about the second book before we before we go into your recent publication? So the second book, Tessa is... So in the first book, Tessa's jilted. She's there on vacation. A couple people die. And then she goes home. And <laughs> in the second book, she comes back to the Golden Hibiscus Resort because... I was going to say, I don't want to offer too many spoilers, but the reality right. is... My Ties and Murder has been out for almost two years. So I feel like there has to be a statute of limitations <laughs> on, on spoilers. <laughs> so anyway, she goes back to the resort because she's been given free lifetime stays because Ooh. of the work that she did in solving in the, the first one crimes. Yeah. Gotcha. So she goes back and Sybil also returns. There are some wonderful employees of the resort who've come back and who make recurring appearances. And this time around, there is an accusation of, of theft of a diamond ring that belongs to one of the resort guests. That kicks things off. Of course, then soon enough, there are murders and there are weddings. <laughs> and then by the end, some other things happen. I understand that you don't want to tell us a lot of things. I totally get it because I I love how this kind of goes through the book. It's just the just you telling us this is so fascinating already. How was it 
having to write like a sequel, how did you feel about that once you once you knew you were going to have a number two or even number three? How was it right your writing process there? It's interesting because right now I'm I think what I've battled with in book three or the complication. Well, there have been two major complications. Mm -hmm. The first one being that my first editor, the woman who edited my first two books, who's amazing, she recommended that I start a series Bible back with the very first book that kind of outlines, you know, who the major characters are, what their backstories are, all those little details. And I was like, yeah, 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 that's a great idea. I'm sure I'll do that. And, you know, 100,000 words later, I haven't done it. (laughs) I will tell you, you asked me about dying for daiquiris and I'm like, oh, shit. What happens in that book? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) You know, I know the big things, but it's tough. So that's one thing about writing a series that's been an experience is trying to remember what it is exactly that I wrote. The second thing as I've approached it is that I'm starting to get these kind of billowing character lists and they just keep growing. And (laughs) what I've decided for book four is I'm like, all right, look lady, you have to look at this list of characters and decide which storylines are you going to build on? Because I think that's probably my next area of growth as a writer is really taking the time to flesh out the characters a bit more, to give the world a little more depth than maybe it has right now. I really, really respect writers who do an amazing job world building. I plot the mystery very carefully. I think I have some pretty complex, surprising mysteries and motives. I do the the world building by the seat of my pants. <laughs> this is a secret I wanted to know how you build all this. So pretty much just kind of just swinging it, but you're hitting all the good notes on this though. This is so cool. This is yeah. amazing to hear. <laughs> well, so the resort itself is inspired by a combination of two places that I've been in my real life. And I actually have never said in the books that the island is a Hawaiian island. Oh. Um, like It's never actually mentioned, but I guess that's, it's a pretty safe assumption to make. And now we know. (laughs) Yeah. So the two resorts that inspired the Golden Hibiscus, the first is a resort called, it's part of the Secrets Chain. It's in Huatulco, Mexico, in Oaxaca. And the second is the Andaz Maui. The Andaz Maui, when you walk into this lobby, there is an enormous sand, like I call it a Zen garden in Mm -hmm. the books. But every day at the Andaz, they go and they like redesign this artwork uh, in the oh, sand cool. and it's absolutely beautiful. And that's how I've always imagined the lobby of the Golden Hibiscus. I want to go. I'll, I'll go anywhere, even yeah. through a book or physically. This is definitely such a good thing to start with in, in the books. Sorry, I, I'm like talking in circles. I'm just really fascinated how... <laughs> how you came up with the series and and so quickly. How has it been since you published your first book, second, and now your third book? How has your publishing been? It's been good. It's been such a learning experience because I am self-published. So my books are available on Amazon. It's just been, you know, from start to finish, a learning experience, getting the covers designed, learning how to format, 
advertising on social media and on Amazon. I had a TikTok. I was like, I'm going to do TikTok every day, but look, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to do that anymore. I was like, I, I just, some people gravitate toward different platforms and right. it's not authentic to, for me to be on TikTok. So I, I don't do that anymore. The beautiful thing I think about self-publishing is it's just another way to express yourself. It's your business and you get to do your business the way that you want to, which is a lot of fun. That's like a really nice guidance to any new authors. And I hope they get to hear what you just said, because I, I think that was pretty amazing. So besides Amazon, how else can people get your books, Lydia? So I am exclusive to Amazon. Um, okay. You can read in Kindle Unlimited, you can buy the ebooks, and then they are also available in paperback. But for the time being, I'm exclusive to Amazon. There may come a time when I go wide, but try and take it one step at a time. <laughs> I don't blame you. This is so cool. Well, I want to say thank you for coming by today because I definitely got into the, your world of this resort, of your world of Tessa and, and Sybil. But I got way more than that. Getting to know you as an author has been really interesting and amazing. Any last minute that you want to tell us before you go? Uh, well, thank you for doing this, Oki. I think this is such a wonderful thing. And like I said, I'm totally fangirling here. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure <laughs> to talk to you and I've listened to your other authors. And ah, um, thank you. You know, it's just so wonderful to connect. I think we're yes. all looking for those points of connection in the world. And this has just been a wonderful way to to reach you and then hopefully some other readers. But if if anyone listening is interested in following me a little bit closer, I am active on Instagram at Lydia Lane author. And then I also do have a weekly Sunday email that I send. It's called Letters from Lydia. It is honestly like I give book updates and like some behind the scenes sneak peeks and deleted scenes and stuff like that. But mostly it's me talking about life. <laughs> so. ah, I, to be honest, I was about to mention just hearing you talk about your experiences so far. I can talk to you for a good while and I can actually just listen to you tell me things. It's vastly fascinating to me. So for you to have your newsletter, I'm in for it. Definitely. This is this is so cool. Sorry, keep going, please. No, no, that's great. I'm so happy to hear that. I just, you know, I'm really, really passionate about people living their biggest lives. And I think in order to do that, you have to do the things you want to do. That's, I, I try to live my life that way. And I hope that comes through in like basically everything that I put out there into the world. So I use letters from Lydia as kind of my primary place where I get to share those types of thoughts and what I'm learning from these wonderful, wonderful teachers that I encounter in the world. So at any rate, if you're interested in letters from Lydia, you can, you find it on my Instagram or lydialanebooks.com slash newsletter. Well, we definitely want you to keep going with this, with the cozy mysteries, with everything that you're doing, because I think you're an amazing, fascinating author. So I'm so lucky to have met you. This is so cool. I would love for you to come back to talk to me again when you get your other books out. Oh, my gosh. And I you're in recording, that. so you have no choice. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. This has been so much fun. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm going to say bye to you and have a wonderful day. And thank you for letting me into your world just for a little bit, especially through your books and through your writing. So I will talk to you later. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye, Oki. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. Please continue to support indie authors and indie bookstores. And if you would love to support Tell Me About Your Book podcast, you can certainly do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash tellmepodcast, where just for a price of a coffee, you can support monthly for just $5. There's other tiers too in the memberships, and you can look at all the info about it, and I would certainly, certainly appreciate it. And of course, there's the other podcast, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where Caddy and I talk all things book and about her cats too. See you then.